Welcome to the 23rd episode of Solid Rock. I am Nicole Blazik. Today is February 24th. The sun is shining, the snow is melting, the birds are chirping, and it really is starting to feel like spring here. It's a beautiful day in Wisconsin. I hope you're able to go outside and enjoy the beautiful weather. How's everyone doing? I hope this finds you doing well. We're doing really good in our home. We've had a big change with our daughter, Abigail. As many of you know, she has type 1 diabetes. Yesterday, Abigail was able to be put on an insulin pump. There are a lot of mixed emotions about her going on the pump, but by God's grace, I know that in the long run, this will be a huge blessing for her and it will help her live her best life. Talking about having your best life. We can only have that when we put our trust in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. John 14, 6. This good news is what is being shared by our guest, Cain Kellerman, as he goes into the prisons and jails. Today, as you may have guessed, it is Missions Day. It's one of my favorite days. Kane Kellerman and his wife, Sherry, have six wonderful children and live in Tampa, Florida. Kane has been doing prison ministry for the past 13 years. God is using him greatly to share the good news with people who really need to hear good news. Hello. 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 Hi, Kane. How are you doing? Doing all right. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Well, I wanted to welcome you to the podcast today. I'm really excited to have you join me and to hear about all the amazing work that God is doing. Well, yes, I'm excited to share. Thank you so much. Um, Kane, tell us a little bit about when and how did God call you to prison ministry? Well, I found out who Jesus was when I was 20 years old and I was sitting in jail. Uh, all growing up, I, I grew up in an atheist home, and in that I didn't hear anything about God, as well as what I saw from people going to church and walking out of church and going to the bar. Mm-hmm. All I saw was hypocrites and uh, something that wasn't real, at least that I saw, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I had been to church 18 times, uh, 17 funerals and one wedding. Oh, my goodness. And in that, I I actually drank and I, I smoked marijuana with the pastor who did the wedding. Oh, my God. Um, I, I didn't see anything in it that was for me. And mm-hmm. um, while I was sitting in jail and after I was 18, I went to jail a bunch all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. And... Uh, uh, I caught my first adult charge when I was two weeks in the, after my 18th birthday. But um, sitting in jail, I was 20 years old, and this guy kept bugging me to go to church in jail. Mm. Um, and just to get him to quit asking me, I went. <laughs> uh, and, that persistence. Yes. And he was, <laughs> he was constantly asking me. And anyway, he bugged me so much, I just went. And... I don't remember anything about the service at all, except uh, at the end, one of the volunteers, he uh, touched my shoulder. And now, of course, I know it was, he wanted to pray for me. Mm. 
but then uh, I didn't like anyone touching me and I sure. didn't, didn't allow that. Mm-hmm. So I hurt him oh. uh, before the guards got in and separated us. And okay. uh, that put me in administrative segregation or the whole. And at, in that facility, they don't allow you anything if you're in that cell. Mm-hmm. And that same man who invited me to church all the time, another prisoner, mm-hmm. uh, he got me a Bible. It was called Free on the Inside. It's a prison Bible. It's mm-hmm. handed out in most prisons. And he told me to read the Gospel of John. Mm-hmm. Um I started, I'm, a, I'm an avid reader, and I started to read John, and through about the middle of the book, I started realizing that uh, his love didn't come at the end of a fist. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I always thought love was expressed by hurting, mm-hmm. and my friends and I would use drugs and start beating each other up because we thought it was fun, mm-hmm. and uh, we did that a lot. Um mm-hmm. And my dad did the same to me where he tried to teach me how to be a man by teaching me how to fight. And um, so I always thought that's what love was, but I, I began to realize while I was reading through John that it wasn't at the end of a fist where love was expressed. It was how he stretched his arms out was nailed for me. Mm. And I knew, I knew who I am. I know who I am. I know what I've done. And I couldn't believe that someone, anyone would love this wretch. Mm -hmm. So in that jail cell is when I gave my life to Jesus. Amen. Um, And I knew uh, shortly after that, I had met my my wife Mm -hmm. and uh, through her, I met a few other people, uh, some more believers, and um, a lady there, she's kind of like a third mom. Mm-hmm. She she said I should go into uh, schools and jails and prisons to share my story. Yeah. And I immediately rejected it. Mm-hmm. Um, hearing the electronic latches shut wow. on the prison doors and... I never wanted to hear that again. I never wanted to hear it or smell the smell of the chemicals that they use for cleaning or mm-hmm. all of it's the same. Every facility is the same. And, smell. Mm. Um, dirty men, you know, that it's not, <laughs> it's not pleasant. Uh, so, uh, I didn't want to do that. And so for years after that, I did everything else I, I could think of. I, I did other ministries I was involved in and um, did other outreaches. And uh, after God had called us to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, um, I was leading a youth group and it was going very well for a year. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, no, no kids showed up one week. It was 20 kids and then it was zero, mm. zero and then wow. zero. It was week mm. after week. It was like four weeks in a row of nobody showing up. And I'd see him at church, but yet they wouldn't come to the youth group mm. thing. And I sat out in the backyard of the place we were at, and I asked the Lord why. And he clearly said to me, it's because you're not doing what I called you to do. Oh, wow. Mm. That hurt. So um, 
I repented, obviously, mm. and uh, wanted to go forward in it. And that was 13 years ago. And wow. uh, we have been serving in jails and prisons ever since. And I started going in with a man who was doing it for 38 years. And wow. he got me in to this local jail where we were at. Um, we ate with the men even. Mm. Uh, he had such an open door there because of his his witness, mm-hmm. um, which God helped me in that. So I kind of started out slowly, you know? And, Absolutely. Uh, so since then, been mainly focusing on prisons and then trying to raise up others to uh, teach the word inside and to disciple uh, the men as well in, in various places and, and to the degrees that they can. Wow. Wow, Kane. I know some of your story, but I didn't know all your story and it totally brought tears to my eyes. Wow. The power of a testimony, the power of what Jesus does through a changed life. And it never gets old hearing how God touches somebody's heart, how he touched your heart. It can be somebody else. I hear their testimony, how God has reached them and, um, or my, you know, sharing mine, however God does it. It's just the most beautiful thing. It always brings me to tears like baptisms and I always cry. And it was beautiful how, God saw you where you were and just showed you a different kind of love, a father's love um, that you might have never, you might not have ever seen, like you were saying um, a love like that. Um, It's beautiful. And, um, and yes, how God, I love how you share that part about um, how you, you know, you were, you were doing everything, but because understandable, you had a situation, you've been in jails, you don't really want to go back there and have all that, understand some PTSD, some past of that. So right, right. I had that with hospitals and I don't like to go there after my brother died. I don't like the smells and all those things or watch shows about hospitals and critical situations. I don't like that, but that right. totally makes sense. And then you have this thriving ministry and then God says, hey, you are not doing what I said. And, oh, Wow. And how God steered you and saying, I really want to use you and use your story that way. Wow. That's amazing. Amazing. It's a blessing that he's a forgiving God. Yes, he is such a forgiving because, man, we all need it, don't we? Right. Exactly. Moment by moment, (laughs) second by second, we need that forgiveness. We do. Oh, thank you so much. I just thank you for sharing your testimony. That's just so profound. And um, I know it will reach many, many people. And I know it has reached many, many people, but it will continue to do so. So, Kane, I know you kind of told us how you started to get into the to the prison ministry, how you started and um, how you're leading other men um, to do that in the, like you said, in the capacities that you can. How many prisons do you uh, serve in right now? Currently, I am in two different prisons in Florida, although I have uh, access to all of them. It, okay. Each each prison is governed by their own administrations. Okay. Uh, the warden, assistant warden, and then on down from there. So you have to apply to each individual wow. prison. I have a uh, pin number, essentially, okay. that uh, clears me to be able to get in, but I still have to go through the um, that process of, of getting through there. Now, these two prisons are both uh, three hours away, one way. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So 
uh, that adds a lot of time. Um, Absolutely. That. And there are some other prisons that are closer, but one in particular, the closest one actually to us, has um, more volunteers than any other prison in the state. Okay. So they, um, they really don't need mm-hmm. another one. They mm-hmm. don't have time for another one. Um, I also do go into two other uh, county jails as well. Okay. Um, and in all of that, my pastor down here started something called Chaplain Corps of Tampa Bay. Mm. And it's a, a way to teach people how to evangelize as well as the next step of mentoring or discipling. Mm. And through that, I've been able to train up eight, nine other people wow. to be able to go in to whether it's the juvenile detention center, which mm-hmm. because of my record, I can't go into Okay. because um, of my felonies that mm-hmm. I have on my path. Mm-hmm. But I could teach other people how to deal with uh, these wayward kids as well as the other jails or wherever I can that way. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So if you can't go in physically, you can work with other people who can. You can build right. them up and yes. give them your knowledge and your experiences and share with them, which are invaluable to be able to um, prepare them to go in. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really awesome. I love that. It's so part much. of our vision. It's part of our vision that we've been trying to uh, to do. And so since we started this um the other churches we've moved on to, uh, wherever God has moved us, mm-hmm. have started their own jail ministries, either while I was there, while my wife and I and my family were there, yeah. or after we had left. And each one of those places is is uh, a thriving ministry. So. Amen, Kane. Amen. I love that so much. I love that. It's beautiful. So even if you aren't there still physically, they are out doing the work and being yeah. involved and they've been equipped. Yes. They've been equipped and now they can go into it. Amen. And it's continuing the ripple effect. It's beautiful. Yeah. Love what, it. One of the churches, they actually were able to live stream their Sunday service inside the jail wow. uh, of our county. Wow. God, God's moving in that. And then our pastor down here, we're recording right now. Um, and sending in uh, those recordings so awesome the inmates can still have uh, a church service. That is amazing. And is that due, Kane? Is that due to? Um, well, I was just going to probably segue into that, so you can probably hit on that. So, in what ways do you serve in the prisons? And I didn't know if maybe that goes into like a Sunday service that kind of touches that or not. Yeah, uh, it it depends. Okay. Um, I have done in the past, I've done Sunday services. I've done other Bible studies. I've done one-on-one right now because of what COVID has done. It essentially closed down everything in our state. And and, uh, the two prisons I'm going into just reopened to volunteers like a month and a half ago. Wow. Um, and it, so the inmates, including, like I go to death row is one of the prisons I go to, mm-hmm. um, which that's three, over 300 people wow. and, uh, that are on death row in Florida. And in that, nobody's really going. Um, there's one other volunteer that's been there since they 
opened up again. Oh. Um, but the county jails are still shut. And so the the only we we're trying to serve in whatever capacity we can. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm doing a Bible study at one prison and then I'm going cell to cell in death row. And that's, that's right in front of them, you know? So wow. uh, it's what people would consider to be the worst of the worst. And absolutely. Um, but really there's no difference between what I've done and mm -hmm. what absolutely. Done. I, people, we uh, tend Amen. to be in mm -hmm. different levels, but God doesn't. Amen. And, uh, Jesus still wants to forgive them for what they've done. Absolutely. And so I could go one-on-one -on -one with these guys uh, and ask them what I could pray for for them and try to share the gospel mm -hmm. with them. And so that has been something I prayed for for 10 years. And wow. Uh, before I finally was able to get into a death row in Florida. And so I've been going in there for three years, minus COVID time. Praise the Lord for that, Kane. Praise the Lord for that. Wow. That is amazing, which then kind of leads into my next thing I was going to ask. How have you seen over the years the gospel be received? Is it do some people seem receptive or others? Are they hesitant? I mean, of course, we know it varies from person to person in or out of jail. It doesn't matter. But mm -hmm. how? what have you seen? Well, uh, in while we were in Michigan, I'll, just, I'll mm -hmm. give the sure. story here. Uh, there was a few men. I There was one prison I went to for six and a half years straight. Mm -hmm. And in that, um, I did a Friday Bible, Friday afternoon Bible study. I did a Saturday Bible study. And I did Sunday service mm -hmm. and uh, that was an hour and a half away from our house. Mm -hmm. um, but one Sunday a month, I would do all the Protestant services. So I do three services that day besides their prayer service in the morning, mm -hmm. um, which was a blessing to be able to then get to meet everyone who is a um, professing believer. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. Um they just wanted to get out and get to the church that could be part of it too but absolutely uh, there was a few guys that have gotten back to me recently um from that time and they're they're all doing well oh, wow. uh, because they have committed their lives to christ and mm -hmm. they have contacted me to let me know that they're doing that they're doing good and that god is moving in their lives oh and, praise the and father it's such a it's so such a blessing to hear that and to receive that, you know, and encouragement. Uh, mm. Yes. Yeah. Cause a lot of times with prison ministry, you don't have that mm -hmm. because you can't see after. Absolutely. As a volunteer, I'm not allowed to, um, until if they get out of prison that I have to wait till they're completely off of parole before I could contact them. And in some cases that could be 10, 15, 20 years. Wow. Um, so I, I can't have any contact with them. Now, if they show up at church, that's different, but I can't have any contact with them until they're done. Wow. So uh, with prison ministry, you don't really have that, mm -hmm. um, that kind of a relationship after they get out. Cause you, you don't know. Absolutely. So it was a huge blessing to hear from those mm. brothers, and that was encouraging. Down here, I've seen um, 
some interesting things happen on death row. Uh, a few guys have uh, told me that I'm the only one that they will talk to or um, they don't want to talk with the chaplains or uh, any other volunteer because they say that I'm real. And yeah. It's more, I'm more normal, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, less, uh, less, um, I don't know, just less judgmental maybe or yeah. mm-hmm. but uh, they I, I i've had good reception and some walls are really thick though that mm-hmm. they've put up in their lives and understandable um and some quite frankly are still really proud of what they've done mm. uh, and that is the hardest thing i think for me to hear sure. is people reveling in their sin Mm. and these awful atrocities that have happened that, sure. that they perpetrated you know mm. and uh those those guys are are the harder cases but mm-hmm. i will say this uh sometimes when people are more vocal that way or more against you that way mm-hmm. sometimes they're closer to breaking yeah to giving their lives to jesus um than we give credit for And so it's the persistence. It's the going forward in that. Wow. Wow, Kane. (sighs) I know. Do I have anything profound to say, but wow. (laughs) What do I have to say? Is it profound? I mean, when am I quiet? But I mean, really, there's just like, I'm just in, I'm in awe of, I'm in awe of God. I'm in awe of him sending you. I'm in awe of not, not meaning, I mean, just in awe that you get to go, that it is a privilege yet so, so hard, but yet such a calling. That's what I'm trying to articulate. Um, that I, I, I know you and I, I know that you would come across that way, why they would relate to you and just being real and sharing your own stuff. And then, um, you know, like you said, some, some, you know, identifying with that or can, and then, like you said, then some who just revel in that. And that would be, I can only imagine, I can only imagine, cause I cannot, I can, I can only imagine what that has to be like to listen. Um, yeah. But then God, like you said, he might be bringing down those walls, which I pray by God's grace that he would. Um, I think what a need as like you said, you're driving three hours but you are the only other volunteer besides one other person who is meeting over 300 people on oh. death row. Yes. Whoa, the need is great. Yes. The need it, is great. Especially during this time. Absolutely. Because of what COVID did mm-hmm. uh, in shutting down uh, these institutions, some men don't have any other outlet to for anyone to talk to. They're... Um, you have to pay to be able to mail out a letter or uh, now they like to use uh, tablets and emails, Mm -hmm. but if you can't afford a tablet, you can't do that. And so the state will offer like three stamps and three envelopes uh, to you if Mm -hmm. you're, um, if you, if you can't afford it. So for 11 months, these guys didn't see anybody else other than the guards. The chaplains didn't go there. Um, mm. Nothing happened. And one of the men I've been working with for, it was two years at that point, 
I, I grew really close with him because mm-hmm. I could see myself. Mm-hmm. We were alike in some ways. And mm-hmm. um, this summer I tried to contact the chaplain to try to get in um, because I it, it was just burdening my heart. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to get in there so badly and mm-hmm. I didn't really know why, uh, how, why it came on me as strong as it did. Mm-hmm. But uh, I found out when I was able to get back into death row that that man I had been working with ended up committing suicide. Oh, that's what I was wondering. Oh, no. It was 10 days after I tried to get in. Oh, God. Um, and mm-hmm. that hurts. And uh, I know is mm-hmm. in ministry you're not supposed to take like ownership that's our own word but it, mm-hmm. you're not supposed to, um mm-hmm. it, take it as a personal case type thing but mm-hmm. it, it hurt my heart that absolutely uh, that he did do that and absolutely. now the fallout of the guards having to deal with that because suicides are up in all the institutions mm-hmm. um because of lack of human contact and oh. the mental health counselors aren't going in or all of the above, nobody's going in. And, mm-hmm. you know, because of that, everything is going by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Um, so suicides are up and you know, violence is up, of course, and mm-hmm. uh, things like that. Um, now in, in Michigan, one of the, well, the prison I went to, like I said, I went there for six and a half years. There was a guy who got into the church service, and I, I still don't know why he was there, except I do know why. Mm. Uh, he wasn't a, a believer. He was uh, far from it. And he ended up getting saved at that uh, Sunday service, it was. And I gave we gave him a Bible, the chaplain and I gave him a Bible, and he went back to his unit and some of the other guys were making fun of him um, mm. in that unit. And then one of them ripped up his Bible that he just got. And mm. this, this guy who just got saved, who was a very angry individual caused mm. fights all the time. He was mm. that kind of guy uh, went to the guard and just asked for some tape so he could tape it back together. Mm. Well, and it, him. How God had changed him. Like it, wow. it was that same day. It wow. it was amazing. And there was another guy who I was giving a mess. I was, it was during the time of worship and the guards were trying to get my attention through the clear, there's clear class. Mm-hmm. And, and I walked out. outside cause nobody wants to hear me sing or lead worship. That's, <laughs> that's not a pretty sight. <laughs> um, so I walked outside and they said, well, we just found a guy who hung himself. We oh. got to him in time. Oh. Do you want to talk to him? And oh. he still had the marks around his neck. I mean, oh, all of it. And I was able to lead him to the Lord. Oh, and thank you, Jesus. For the rest of the years, I went to that prison before we moved down here. He was solid with Jesus. Wow. Uh, but it was that if the guards were just a split second later, wow. you know, it, it was close. But... Wow. Um, God has done so many things that way. Uh, mm. the, down here, uh, there's a lot of hopelessness on death row, especially, and the, uh, it's understandable. Mm-hmm. But 
if I could be a hope bringer or, or light bringer to these men, I, I'm more than willing to do that. Amen. Oh. I'd, I'd go there more often, but my wife has been sick for yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm doing the bringing the kids to school stuff and yeah. getting them home and mm-hmm. the shopping and doing all that stuff besides. So you're doing a good job, Dad. Good job. That's a lot. It's a lot. It is. But it's a blessing. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. not a burden. Mm-hmm. It's a blessing. Absolutely, absolutely. But still, is a lot to do. But God gives you the grace to do it. Because yes. he's sufficient. He's sufficient. We can't do it in ourselves. Only by God's grace can we love well and serve well to our family and taking care of your wife and your children and go and love on these dear men who are hurting and broken, just like we are, um, yes. just in different situations, some of us and maybe some alike. Um, I am I am very overwhelmed. Uh, I'm trying to think of all my points that I was so overwhelmed when you were speaking. Um, I, um, uh, yeah, I could just have tears. Um, or I'm overwhelmed by, uh, just how God is using you. I am overwhelmed by, um, the gospel going forth and what it does in a person's life when they instantly hear it. Just like when you shared with that man who was committing suicide and, um, God, the guards found him and you were able to share and the, his life was forever changed. Uh, about how we think of COVID and we think of the effects out here, but what about for those dear men and women and youth who are in facilities and yes. who are like, just like you say, we see the skyrocketing here. What yeah. is it like there? Like you just said, no human contact with anybody. And of course, you know, the enemy loves isolation yep. and he loves us to be alone and especially, obviously they are, especially those dear people on death row um, and just what that is for them and how much more of that should break our hearts and um, and cause us to pray for people or be involved or um, support ministries that are doing this like you're doing um, to encourage these men and women or whoever, whichever you're going to, um, to know Christ and people to go, people yeah. to go. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. The, the fields are, are white with the harvest. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing all of that. Okay. What have been some of your greatest things that the Lord has taught you in doing this ministry? Uh, patience. Um, as <laughs> being like the number one, uh, every time I have to get patted wow. down and searched and, uh, there's a humility there um that, mm-hmm. and also just the fact that the lord has graciously allowed me to to, uh, to teach and to uh, lead others to him that is that is so humbling um Amen. and a privilege Amen. um other absolutely other than that just the transformative effects of the gospel is so overwhelming but yet unfortunately so many people don't see that as being a possibility with those who are incarcerated Mm. there are very very few people who are going in and besides that 
most of the ministries that are out there that are doing that are um, getting elderly and there isn't mm -hmm. a lot of younger people mm -hmm. going in and it has taught me a level of a prayer life that I never thought I'd be at. Um, mm -hmm. it, it, this ministry and God leading through it is also uh, has, has really shown me that to go forward, we have to be completely reliant upon his strength. Mm -hmm. um, if there's anything that's of me that's being put forth, um, you know, I heard it said this way, that if you don't do your study time to be able to give a message, mm -hmm. uh, say there's 30 people there and mm -hmm. message is an hour, but yet you didn't do your study time and it's kind of, you didn't do a good job doing that. Mm -hmm. You've now just wasted 30 hours of God's time. Mm -hmm. And it it's all for him. And so therefore all of me should be in that. Absolutely. And so anyone who's serving in whatever capacity, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't matter. Homemaker, my, my wife. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, pastors or whatever it should all be for him and for his glory not not yours not mine not anyone's but his absolutely and so all through this time it's been a humbling thing and it's been a blessing besides that absolutely wow absolutely thank you for sharing all those ways that god is working in and through you and in your family and um the blessing that it is mm -hmm. and the growth in so many areas as he, as he loves you that with all of us, as we take steps of faith and obedience and he. To do a, an equipping to do what we never, ever thought was possible. Exactly. And, um, I love that image of an empty, like an empty vase, emptying all of yourself for all of him uh, yes. fully surrendered to him and never looking back and uh mm. and here here's one mm -hmm. other thing is i've always been nervous around church people mm -hmm. uh, around like the normal church yes, people yes. Type thing. and god has put consistently in front of me these <laughs> normal yep. church people and uh i'm teaching a men's bible study every tuesday morning at 6 30 in the morning it is so oh, wow but I, i've been doing that for a while and god's blessed me in that and the men that go to that are are very very quote unquote normal you know mm -hmm. yeah i never saw that coming and then wow. uh my pastor just asked me to lead the men's ministry at church and so the uh, first saturdays and starting in March, the first Saturdays every month, I'll be doing a Bible study through that and uh, trying to raise up others just to be the men that they're called to be. And Amen. Uh, I never, ever, ever thought something like that would come up too, you know? So wow. I think that's a, that's a blessing that I didn't expect, you know? Wow, Kane, look at that. So just if we did like a full circle, 
So how you were sharing um, in the beginning in your testimony, how you'd gone the only 18 times you've been to church with 17 funerals and one wedding. And then you saw hypocrites and you saw people that weren't living it out the way that it's supposed to be. And then you saw the pastor doing things he wasn't supposed to be doing. And then God brings you full circle and you get to to shoulder, build up and love on these men and um, raise them up. And I'm not that we're, perfect. We're all fallen people, but just, um, you know, that are truly wanting to be like Christ Mm -hmm. and truly wanting to grow and in sincerity, kind of what you didn't per se see, you know, in the beginning, God's letting you do that now. Very true. Very true. And, um, it's pretty amazing. Um, that's so awesome. God has given you so many amazing wonderful ministry opportunities. Um, it's just absolutely amazing. I can't wait to hear more of what he's going to do and how he's going to work through you already. I'm encouraged greatly. And that kind of leads me into my next part. How can we have some ways that we can partner with you in this ministry? Well, prayer is the number one uh, need. It, it, it is a very dark place. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's also very broken, mm-hmm. and um, there needs to be a lot more prayer involved in this. Uh, Amen. Not just going, but praying before you go, and praying while you're there, and all of the above. Absolutely covering. Mm-hmm. Right, right. The more prayer, the better. Uh, mm-hmm. Support-wise, mm-hmm. um, I am driving three hours one way, and mm-hmm. just to get to one of the prisons, it's... Mm-hmm. Um, right now I'm going Wednesdays and Thursdays. And so there's a total of 12 hours of driving in those mm. days. I'm doing wow. a, th- a thousand miles a week right now. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, support wise, just monetary wise for mm-hmm. that would be, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. would be uh, a blessing. And um, also prayer for uh, my wife to mm-hmm. get me to heal. Amen. And that our kids would continue to grow and, and love him. And Amen. That would be able to um, point them to Jesus as well as the other people we talk to. But our, our support it goes through a church in Minnesota. Um, so if people wanted to uh, mm-hmm. donate to that, um, it would be at refuge.mn mm-hmm. um, is the name of the church. It's refuge.mn forward slash give. Mm-hmm. That brings you to a page that uh, is their giving page, their tithing page. And if you scroll down on that, it, there's a drop box called fund. And it says missionary support, King Kellerman, that you would pick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Or people can mail a check to the Refuge Church mm-hmm. uh, at P.O. Box 1776. Uh, St. Cloud, Minnesota. Okay. Five six three zero two. Three zero two. Okay. I will link all of this so people can see that too. Have that information. Uh, mm. awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Wow, Kane. I am just. I think that's just my way of work. I can just say is wow. Wow. <laughs> God is amazing. God's doing amazing yes, things through you, through the ministry, 
through your life, through your family. It's just all wow. And it's not very eloquent, but that's what I got right now. I'm <laughs> um, just amazed by God and amazed um, by what he's doing through you. And uh, thank you for sharing. So all of us can learn. We can be educated. We can be um, enlightened into what is going on in the prisons and um, how we can be prayerful, how we can be supporting, how we can be um, encouraging you all. And as you go out and do that, or if we feel called to do that, uh, to come along. I know that, like you said, exactly. the harvest is big. And I'm, I, and with that, I'm also mm -hmm. more than willing to do um, some training mm -hmm. via Zoom or sure. if people are local here in Florida. Mm -hmm. um, I'm more than willing to bring people along and and or teach them the things that God has shown mm -hmm. me over through the years. And Amen. And the more Amen. we get in there, the, the, mm -hmm. this is coming soon. We know he's Amen. coming back. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Amen. That is so true. Absolutely. Well, Cain, I just want to thank you so much for sharing all the awesome work that God is doing. I pray that he will continue to work through you and multiply and enlarge the boundaries of this ministry as I can hear that he is doing. He absolutely is doing that. I yes. pray for continued growth and workers to come alongside to help fulfill that because that's a lot for one person. But God would continue to bring other people to come under you and it would be continued to be multiplied. Cain, would you close us in prayer? Definitely. All right. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for Nicole and her family. Lord, I pray you would bless them. And I thank you for this time to be able to share what you have done, God. I pray that you get the glory, mm -hmm. that you get all the praise in this, Lord. Mm -hmm. I do thank you for this. I pray that you would bring others to, to the work, Lord, mm -hmm. that the harvest would be rich. Mm -hmm. Lord, we know you're coming back so soon. Yes. Father, give us the strength to stand in these dark days mm -hmm. and give us the strength to stand in dark places and share who you are. Mm -hmm. And again, Lord, just break our hearts for what breaks yours. Mm -hmm. And Lord, I pray that you would guide us in what you've called us to do. Mm -hmm. I pray that you would continue to keep us going in that direction. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you so much, Cain. Thank you all for joining me on the podcast today. My prayer is that you would be encouraged in your walk with Christ and for others to come and know him. See you next week. Thank you, Cain. Thank you. All right. Have a good day.